In 2007, it's going back a bit, um, 2007, uh, there was a, a software engineer named Justin Rosenstein who was working in Facebook in California. And um, he said, in his own words, they were kind of sitting around this one day and talking around the coffee maker, you know. And they, he said, you know, what if we kind of come up with this thing that when people post something on Facebook, they can either do a thumbs up or thumbs down, kind of giving it a like or dislike. And they were like, yeah, man, this would be a great idea. So he said they kind of came up with this idea of where people can either like or dislike something. And he said, you know, we were just having fun. It was a normal day. We were just having fun. He said, we never, ever would have thought that that little thing would lead to uh, people's being annihilated in their self-esteem or getting jealous because they got more likes than I did. He said, we were just having fun. And he said later, you know, that day, sitting around the coffee maker at Facebook, he said, we created a Frankenstein without realizing it. Isn't that funny? People get jealous over something so simple. Jealousy is probably, I believe, may, may perhaps the biggest self-inflicted wound there is. There's no greater impact or shooting oneself in the foot than jealousy. I mean, think about it. <laughs> There's nothing good that comes from this, right? And yet people will fall into it. I mean, people actually get addicted to jealousy. So maybe you've heard me ask this question before, but what's the difference between jealousy and envy? So jealousy is when we want something somebody else has, and envy is when we, when we want to see the other person totally fall on their face, preferably in public, you know, so that everybody sees them falling down. Whereas somebody who's comfortable with themselves is not only not threatened by that person, but they celebrate what they've got and what I don't have. And that's real tough. But when people are not comfortable here, they, no question, will fall into jealousy, right? That's, that's a natural outgrowth from not being comfortable in one's own skin as we get jealous. Rather than saying, you know, okay, that's awesome. Good for you for having that. Okay, you can retire early. That's great. You've got beautiful head of hair. Okay, good for you. Okay, I do not look like Fabio, and that's fine, right? But you've got this, and I don't, and that's awesome. Good for you, because God has blessed you in that way, right? And I'm not threatened by that. That's somebody that's comfortable in their own skin, No greater, self, no greater self-inflicted wound than jealousy. Absolutely hands down. And people will go back to it. And you know, it's funny because we can catch ourselves. We'll kind of veer down that road. And they say, no, no, no. Bring ourselves back. About two weeks later, we start going down that. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Let it go. <laughs> and usually all, everybody around that person will be like, 
please, honey, please, let it go. It's okay. You know, Jesus in the Gospels, if you read the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John and the Gospel of Matthew, you will notice, or one will notice, how jealous everybody was of Jesus. I say everybody, primarily the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were seething with jealousy. Why? Because Jesus is getting all this attention. He's curing all these people. They're all coming. They're hanging on his every word, it said. And yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that they were largely corrupt, and the people knew it, so they, did, they didn't listen to anything they said. But there was one, one Pharisee, his name was Nicodemus, and it said Nicodemus was listening and would hear the words of Jesus and drink them in and would try to apply them in his life. And he actually defended Jesus before the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. And they were like, how can you defend this guy? Because they were threatened, right? And you, can, you know, we can learn an awful lot from those people who are threatened by Jesus because we see the same thing in our own time. People are threatened by other people. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were not comfortable in who they are. But somebody who's comfortable in who they are and their own weakness and their own brokenness, they don't have to be perfect. <laughs> it's not a threat to me. In fact, we celebrate when other people succeed more than us because in some ways we succeed when they succeed. If, if St. Paul is right that we're one body in Christ, that's awesome good for you. So really, whenever we feel jealousy, it should be a reminder. You know, it's like when they back up those trucks. Right? It should be an alarm for us saying it has nothing to do with that other person. It has everything to do with this one. You know, um, about eight years ago, I was asked to give the uh, keynote address at this fundraiser dinner in South Haven. And so I went, went there, and it was awesome. They, and right before the, the talk, they had a big spaghetti dinner. And, man, it was really, really good spaghetti. So I ate like a double portion, and so I had all the spaghetti. I go up and I give this talk, and after the talk, I go to the men's room. And I'm standing there looking in the mirror in the men's room, and there hanging over my shoulder is a strand of spaghetti. <laughs> it's right over here, right here. It's totally horrified, totally horrified. And I go and I sit down next to this priest at the table. It's like, dude. Why didn't you tell me I had spaghetti hanging? He's like, well, I, I didn't know if it was like a stage prop or something, you know, and it's like, whatever. So God, you know, he can use anything to keep us humble, including spaghetti. These small ways to keep us grounded. And, you know, I talk a lot about humility because I believe so much in it, but if, if you don't remember anything of what I'm saying today, please walk away with this. Look, Humility, authentic humility, is not only being aware of what we need to work on. Yes, that's important. Okay, Father, oh, jealousy, lust, envy, my temper, oh, Father. Check, 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 check. Okay, I'm happy you got, you know what you got to work on. Good for you, buddy. 
But somebody who's really humble is fully aware of what they do well, their talents, their gifts. That is usually much, much more difficult for people. Why? Because they're afraid of being, seeming arrogant. But a really humble person, says Jesus, is able to say, no, you know what, I'm really good at this. I didn't deserve that. God gave me that gift. But I'm good at it. For instance, I know Father Ben's creme brulee is the best in the world. Okay? I know it is. I don't know what to say. You know, God gave me that gift. All right? But especially for parents, those of you that are parents, please give yourself credit for what you're doing well with your children. Are they perfect? No, they're not. But then neither are you and neither am I. Okay? And often what we see is parents, they, they fret all the time about the mistakes that their children make, especially their adult children. And those of you that are parents, I think you would agree that we give the same amount of love to our kids, but you have a, one child that needs much more of your attention than the other. On the other hand, you don't want to be accused of favoritism. I don't understand it, Father. They both got the same amount of love. This one was a little more needy, whatever. Give yourself some credit, man. Okay? We're making this up as we go. They're going to learn as they go. That's a humble parent right there. Humility is the anti-venom to jealousy. It's the anti-venom to jealousy. Because nothing good comes from jealousy. You know, when we compare ourselves to other people, you've heard me say this probably, you compare yourself to other people, you have an inflated ego or a deflated self-esteem. When you have the deflated self-esteem, jealousy is the natural outgrowth of that. Deet, 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 deet. Mayday, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> so I'll close with this. So a Catholic trivia question for the day. If you know the answer to this, just shout it out, okay? Anybody know what famous Catholic musician died in Austria in 1791? What famous Catholic musician died in Austria in 1791? Mozart. Mozart died in 1791 in Austria at the age of 35. By the time he died, he had written over 800 major works. You know, by the time he was eight years old, he played for the Pope and the King. Amazing. I mean, everybody agrees. Mozart was incredible. He's devout Catholic his whole life. So Mozart achieved amazing fame and his life at a young age. What he did not have, however, was money. Why didn't he have money? Because he spent a lot of it on stupid things. Very imprudent with his money. He's broke all the time. So he, one of his colleagues was a guy named Antonio Salieri. Antonio Salieri, who was an Italian composer for the Habsburg monarchy. Wrote operas in four different languages. And what Salieri had was money. But what he did not have was fame. So he had one composer that had great fame and no money, another who had money but no fame. <laughs> so you can imagine where this is going, right? 
at each other's throats for years. And by the way, Salieri was Catholic too. Okay? At each other's throats, man. Mozart and, and Antonius Salieri, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, Mozart was on his deathbed at the age of 35. And on his deathbed, Salieri comes to him and not only cares for him physically, they both buried the hatchet of jealousy. They let it go, both of them. They said, this is silly. There's nothing good coming from this. Why don't we work together, heaven forbid? And they did, and they came up with this beautiful piece of music called Confutates Maledictis. Confutates Maledictis. It's all about hell and salvation. Why? Because he was on his deathbed and he was hoping for salvation. It's a beautiful piece of music if you can pull it up on YouTube. Do you know that when Mozart died, he had a four-month-old son. Salieri adopted his son, raised him as his own, taught him music, and paid for his education. How is that for swallowing your pride? Maybe it's time for us to do the same thing. Nothing good will ever come from jealousy. Nothing. There's nothing positive from this. In fact, only negativity comes from that. And when people get a taste for jealousy, it never stops with that one person. It always carries over into other people. When they can finally give that to Jesus and say, Lord, you know what? I'm done. I've been down that road. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. When they can finally give that to the Lord, they have peace, and it is worth it.